All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to another hour of Scotch Hour. I'm Noah. I'm Jesse. And I'm still Brian. All right, welcome back, Brian. Nice to have you back. It's great to be back. Nice to have our trio back together it again. It is. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so I guess uh, we have a pretty fun episode lined up here. We have um, our topic tonight is going to be interstellar. Interstellar, Matthew McConaughey. Right out, right, right, right. And then we went to uh, a restaurant, I think, called Fun Guys. Is that what it is? Fun Newgies. Fun Fun, new fun new you guys. guys. Fun you guys. guys. Fun new guys. It depends on how you look at the F U N. U-G-U-Y-Z. Oh, fun you geese. Fun you guys. Fun you geese. Depends on whether or not you see it as the sign and emphasize the letters. And then <laughs> uh, we have uh, Glenn Farkless, uh, 12 year, right? Mm, Glenn Farkless, 12. All Are we right. sure you, it's just how you say it? Glenn Farkless? All right, Glenn Farkless 12, just one of many, if you will, vintages or years of versions they have of their scotch. And they have barrels. They have 60 plus years of barrels of scotch um, dating back, depending on whether or not you look at their website or another, all the way back to 1953 or 1954. They still have scotch in barrels, uh, the family and Glenn Farkless. Yeah, man, you're good. He's good. And, <laughs> and uh, man, so a lot of history here, six generations of ownership. Um, the family has owned it. For my information, they they was family owned since eighteen thirty six. Eighteen thirty six, yes, right. Uh, the Grant family, so it's great. One family owning Grant one family. distillery, one brand of Scotch for all that time is pretty unheard of. It's a Speyside Scotch, so it's not our my normal favored Isla Scotch, but mm -hmm. uh, I'm hoping for a lot. We've had some Speysides, we've enjoyed them, we've had uh, a lot actually. Um, but so eighteen thirty six, they have three wash stills. <laughs> And three spirit stills, six stills on the premises, uh, approximately 68,000 casks of scotch. That's impressive. And, you know, visit their website is one thing I would say. Look at some of those pictures on their website. Gorgeous scenery, uh, a great distillery. And I'm super excited. Um, you know, procured a bottle of a 40 year old Glenn Farkless not long ago, and that'll be saved for a fair, uh, a special day. A Glenn Farkless 40 year old? $1,000. No. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. And it was, uh, it's all because he liked the movie called Gentleman. The, the Gentleman. Gentleman. The Gentleman with, um, yep. Matthew and McConaughey. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> We have to review that movie. Yes, we do. Days and Confused. Yeah. Days and Confused or the Yeah, that uh, movie, Days and Confused. Because we've had that conversation before. And yes. like I, I see it as something completely different than you guys see it as. So well, there I get they say the same. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's yeah, a little rocky and wavy. <clears throat> Air raid bitches. <laughs> All right, we, okay, let, let's just reel it back in. Holy cow, we're, that's the wrong McConaughey Brian movie. comes on the show Interstellar and we're like, is this movie. <laughs> <laughs> However, right. I do find that he, if he, if it would have been a better movie if he had acted it, 
more like the guy from uh, Dazed and Confused. <laughs> like, don't worry, man. I'm just going to hook it around this black hole, yeah. and I'm just going to cruise right in. We're going to get a little bit of data that'll save Earth. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> Worth the risk. I'm going to give up. You know, that's actually, yeah, I'm getting too far ahead of myself with a smarter challenge. I'm going to start crying in a minute. So we're going to open up, pop open this. I would say it's a very mature-looking gentleman scotch it's not the sexiest bottle i've seen it's not like an open night watch or some of the others but what do you guys think yeah it looks okay uh you know i mean it's the it's the same label as on the uh the tin there yeah she's not wearing a product i, I, would, say, I, I would say i like the color the, the blue color of the tin better uh, than the bottle than the bottle yeah yeah the I mean, bottle reminds me. As far me, as the label goes, like the label is just, it's exactly consistent. The same. <laughs> is that what you said? Consistent? <laughs> no, but it is consistent. It looks, it looks the same. I do. I mean, the artwork, you know, it's nice. It's kind of some pencil drawing that looks pretty cool. I wonder if there's I mean, an actual photo. You said to look at the photos. Maybe there's a, a photo that is, uh, you know, based but on. But what else do you really want from the label, though? I mean, it's. it's, it's uh, Dude, it's honest. I think it's an honest label. It's something well, you bring I mean, to a gentleman's club when you're going to play some cards, some poker. Yeah, but I think you say that about most uh, most scotches. No. Some of them you're bringing to a strip club. I have never, I mean, you guys introduced me to, you know, scotch in the first place. I had never heard of uh, Glenn Farkless. It is kind of fun to say, though, Glenn Farkless. <laughs> Are you saying Farkless? Farkless. How are you supposed to Glenn Farkless? <laughs> I thought you were getting, like, the fart. No, that would be Jesse. No, it's not a Glenn And if it were, like... What is it on the nose? It's <laughs> hard. I think it's Jesse's butt. <laughs> That's why I always double. Ah, <laughs> and we're back. Back to the highbrow. I'm glad I bring that to the table. Glenn Farkless 12. <laughs> All right. On the nose. This All is right. not going to last the night. Roll it. All right. So, uh, Brian, I guess uh, <sighs> we, we uh, in our uh, tasting time there. We uh, nominated you to start off with the tasting notes. All right. Well, let's see where we go here. Well, I wonder if you, you guys will have public. any. Uh, in, yeah, let me tell you about. Uh, oh. Notes from last week. Notes from last week? I think All right. Jesse printed them out. Huh? I also printed out some information about this very <laughs> Glenn Farkless scotch. Glenn All right. So um, the color, um, gold. Uh, you know, just a nice gold color, uh, not too much on the hay, you know, side of it, a little bit deeper gold. I like kind of a honey gold. Um, the boy, I crossed out a couple different flavors, but I settled on, um, on the nose, a peach or a, like an apricot, kind of something like that, that initially, um, <clears throat> the, uh, the flavor, uh, I got was, uh, the front right on the front on the tongue. It's very smooth, very, very smooth. I'm good. For, yeah, I'll take some more. Yeah. Uh, smooth on the front and, uh, the mid, I kind of got this, uh, this vanilla okay. on this mid, this kind of, but then the, the finish was this long spiced finish, um, and there's almost a kind of a, a spice on the front. Well, no, I guess I kind of said smooth on the front, on the on the tongue. Mid vanilla and then kind of a long spiced finish. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I would say, I would say this is one that I would definitely, um, you know, it's, it's pretty typical of uh, this type of scotch from the, 
the Highland or the, the space side region, yeah. you know, it's kind of that I would, I would keep this, I would put this on my shelf. Um, if I wanted someone to experience, you know, that type of, yeah, not on your shelf, you've got some, some pretty incredible stuff up there, but, uh, yeah, to experience, you know, this, um, this type of scotch, this, this region of scotch. Yeah, I would agree with you. Um, I think it has some pretty good flavors <laughs> here. Um, on the nose, what I got was some soft honey and pine. Um, I really got the pine scent um, there. Or as uh, Jesse liked to say when I was saying, oh, I like the smell of the pine there. And he's like, oh, wood. <laughs> you like wood? Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about wood. a shaft. <laughs> shaft. <I'm> getting warmed. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Miyagi taught you that? Bad, dude. <laughs> hey, you by the way, right. season four of uh, Cobra Kai is out. <laughs> no. Does that actually? I, I thought they stopped doing it. And this is how yeah. the tasting is a little drag. <laughs> my, uh, my, my mom and uh, Sonia Minda—they're all supposed to do. Uh, uh, they're into Yellowstone. Have you guys watched any Yellowstone? I haven't, but nope. I heard it's phenomenal. Yeah, I've heard it's really good. But Cobra Kai, I watched a couple of those at the beginning, the first like the first season, and then I started. I started. I think fell I love, away. I love the. I love all of them. The fourth season is pretty good too. Any okay, case. Right. Um, <laughs> I did get the uh, on the palate. I got it as a medium body with uh, with the upfront being slightly bit creamy, uh, with some uh, sherry oloroso sherry uh, tones to it. Um, also some uh, like deep forest um, uh, like floor type of thing. Like if you're going to like a wet damp forest and get that kind of like that um, damp floral forest smell there, um, that earthy tone. And then my finish is spice. I have it as uh, being spicy um, with cinnamon and orange zest. And uh, it does linger there for a bit. And uh, I do, I really like it. It is very uh, reminiscent to most, uh, well, to a lot of space sides that we've tried. Mm -hmm. It does remind mm -hmm. me of some, uh, you know, the other great space sides there. Uh, for this being a 12 year, I think it's roughly in that 60 to $70 range. If 50. I'm not 50? Yeah. Okay. 55. Cool. So. Is that total wine price or is that like other places price? Uh, that was Bevy's Liquor Superstore in Parker. I thought you had to get it at total wine because I thought it wasn't at Bevy's. Both the same. Okay. This particular scotch, not normally the case. Okay. So, yeah. So I think um, it's for the price point, it's actually pretty decent. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give it definitely a thumbs up there. Fits in with other good 12-year. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. All right. For me, <clears throat> I'm a fan. Uh, you know, when you consider a Speyside Scotch, it is a Highland. Speyside is part of Highland. Highland okay. is not Speyside. So gotcha. remember that. And it is a Speyside Scotch. Now, definitely a comfy, warm gold color. I love that. Mm -hmm. For me, on the nose, and if you guys are smelling it, dried cherries, oak, for sure. And then, man... As a kid, I didn't know what a prune was, but as an adult, man, I love that smell. That's what I was. I, I wanted to say. I wanted to say like raisins, kind of like initially. That was the first thing I almost wrote, and I wrote mm -hmm. down plums. And then the more I kept going back, I kept getting more peachy, kind of apricotty. Yeah, and Noah mentioned creamy. <clears throat> Noah, you are spot on. This is a yeah. creamy, delectable, not oversweet, but sweetness to this scotch. And I think to your point, that probably comes from a sherry cask. The, the finish for me, long, smooth, the cinnamon, the orange that you mentioned also as well, I full-heartedly agree with. Uh, it's fun. 
still not would not still be the first scotch I would pick off a shelf, but it is fun. It's enjoyable, and I also think, uh, man, it is smooth to the end. It really is. It's a great scotch for the price. Um, not too hot. The alcohol you can't even taste. What it's is so the percentage on smooth. it? It's sitting right at a forty-three. There, yeah, forty-three. Okay. I enjoy it. I wouldn't really necessarily say that finish is smooth because unless you like the spicy, I like love the spicy. spice is long. Yeah, that's yeah. The, it's a long. Because like, like sometimes, I, <laughs> but I think it kind of depends. Because like some people when they when they when they get spicy, they may not see that as smooth. For me, it's smooth. It's not. It's creamy spice. It's not a dash of cinnamon thrown in my mouth with a. Can you swallow a teaspoon of cinnamon? No, this is this long cinnamon <clears throat> orange smooth. Man, this with tiramisu again. We've talked about that before. I don't know if I do with tiramisu. I would absolutely do with tiramisu. Anything as far as a creamy dessert, this is a win. Mm, see. It's got that, that front is very smooth for me. It's, it's just so smooth and creamy. I, I would agree with that. Um, mm, yeah, that I get vanilla in the middle and I actually, you know, it really depends on, cause that time I, I did get a smooth finish, finish. It's a but smooth there's been finish. times when I've had a little bit more of a, maybe a bite on my tongue with the cinnamony finish, despite she kissed hard. Hey, <laughs> It's time for our shout-outs. Shout-outs. Um, <clears throat> well, we're going to review where we uh, we went That's to. That's restaurant review. That's restaurant review. So this is just kind of just in general shout-outs. Yeah. Um, boy, in general, I have... Uh, I, I would give a shout-out to some, some really nice um, servers and, and wait staff and... Um, just, I don't know, just kind of, they've, they've, they've been really great. You know, it seems like there's been a lot of times and this will be part of our restaurant review, but, uh, just the kind of people out there that are wanting to work or not, you know, working and, and the people that are working have been awesome. I really, at, on every level, like, uh, Home Depot, like anything where I've had to, you know, deal with a, you know, a, a person, they've been awesome, like on every level. So yeah, shout out to just customer service and, and it seems like people being cool and helpful to each other. So I'm going to do my first shout out here to my mom giving me this really cool uh, pin here. One Dude, of her that friends, is sweet. Nice. One of her friends uh, made this pin here and if you can't really see it, I'm not sure if I can really zoom in there. Maybe I could throw it in Brian's there. Maybe. Uh, um, I don't think you can really see it underneath Brian's head there. No, it's bigger but, uh, on the inside. <laughs> but it says our bag on there and uh so they did a really good job on that um the other thing i want to talk about here is uh, as a shout out i did mention them i think maybe last week or two weeks ago for christmas i ordered something from a uh website uh which is called uh right to print and i talked to the lady angie and i had mentioned like how i uh how i messed up uh, choosing the wrong type of uh shipping date and uh she said she'd take care of it. Send and air. Yeah. And uh, it actually arrived on Thursday. I ordered this, like, it was actually next day air. Because yeah. I, 
I, Angie. Because I, like, I ordered it <laughs> and awesome. I and I contacted them and it was like there the next day. And uh, unfortunately, my mom didn't get the present on time because they they delivered it to like uh, her the office of where she lives at, and she didn't realize it was delivered there. So all right. Uh, so my first shout out actually goes to Noah and Brian. Noah in particular, thank you guys for being part of this show. Noah, you know I give him a lot of grief, and this is absolutely the truth. I give him a hard time pretty much every episode. We review <laughs> what we do, and I'm like, dude, where's this isn't what I dreamed. And he works very hard to get good audio quality um, and also appease my video quality. And I really do appreciate that. Brian, thank you so much for being on this show. Yes, I thanks, Brian. truly enjoy when we have a third opinion here. and you've always been a highlight. It's always been great. So it's I strong, really appreciate third wheel. that. Yeah, yeah nah, it's, strong, third man, wheel. it's the fifth wheel, right? <laughs> <laughs> Did I fall down to fifth place? No, we were talking Shit. about how we were talking. Shoot, shoot. Ah. And it's all good. It's all good. No, no, we can use curse words. This is PG-16 ish. PG-24. PG-24. 24? Sure. <laughs> That's when a male is finally old enough to be left alone. <laughs> Really? That's sure? what I'm pretty sure. Well, maybe 34. I don't it's, know. Uh, 44? <laughs> yeah. But shout outs to these guys. And then also uh, another shout out to my kiddos. Um, you know, for me, this is great. Uh, shout out to Casey from our, one of our previous episodes. She uh, sent me some pictures. So when I left my previous store, I went to another store. I've worked with Casey in the past. And my one request when I gave my farewell goodbye was don't tell me guys when you're struggling. Send me some pictures when you're winning. And she did exactly that just yesterday, uh, New Year's basically. And it was great to see that she was proud of success, of winning, of doing a great job. Casey, awesome job. Keep on keeping on, keep on. Congrats, on. Casey. Uh, no, it was great. And uh, I really appreciate everyone from my past letting me know when they win, when maybe I was a part of their life that helped them feel good about wanting to achieve. So cheers to all of you guys. And that is it for my show. Thanks for the compliment, dude. No, I meant it. I, yeah, I know I'm, I'm a saying, pain. I, dude, I'm a pain in Noah's ass, okay? <laughs> I know it, and I know how hard he works at the same time, and that's one of the things uh, with my friends that I talk to the, the podcast outside of the show is I let them know, man, I don't have the – and when I mean this, the equipment, the ability to do what you do, I, I'm not. I, this is why I stopped really talking. What I'm gonna call shit uh, a while back, and I, I still like. I want to do great things, and we are doing good things, and we will continue to do great things. Um, but I don't have. I don't slave over it day after day like you do. I really mm -hmm. appreciate it. I literally really appreciate it, Noah. Thank you. Cheers, man. Thank you. Appreciate that. The uh, the editing is a uh, kind of an. an uh, you know, un unsung hero. Dude, I'm a pain know. in the ass. Much yeah. like, no, I'm a perfectionist, but <clears throat> there's a difference when you actually can impact it and when you can't. And for me to be the pain in the thorn in his hide, uh, <laughs> when I can't really change it, I really appreciate everything you do for it. Yeah. Thank you. That's appreciate the. Behind the scenes stuff that is a, it is a pain and it can be a real pain. Technology <laughs> can make it a pain. And I, technology can make it way worse. Than I know. I know. You've been down some roads, man. Yeah. And you're still smiling. Way to go. Thanks. Way to go. You know, when you lose audio or you lose video. And, <laughs> or you lose entire episodes. Yeah. And when things yeah. get corrupted or for some reason. And yeah, it's definitely some weird challenges. Yeah. I, yes. I have like, similar issues with the, you know, yearly. ED. Malene DVD. <laughs> 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 
Did no. you say ED? I think so. DVD. DVD. <laughs> oh, sorry. I just heard two of the three letters. No, e. I, I have trouble with the yearly Brian DVD. Has a problem with his ED. That's next. You'll move on to the ED discussion, apparently, because that was not on script. So no. I think Jesse's. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, I, I can empathize with the, the DVD. Now, the ED, uh, Jesse, we'll, we'll turn that yes. over to you. So here it is. You tell her, take a little bit of scotch, put it in your hands. That is no one told us earlier. That is a new trick that Warms I find really the cool. The nose on this. I tell scotch you, it's, is phenomenal. I tell you, it smells like pine when I do that. And that's what Like she fresh said. pine. <laughs> okay. And again, what she said. <laughs> Everyone likes a little fresh wood. No one wants it mm. old. There's too much Are you talking bark. about the morning wood? That's too much bark on that wood. Shave it. <laughs> you need to trim that forest down there. Yeah, man. Don't put all yeah, that bark so in the fire. You guys asked me, like, why do you watch Scotch Hour? <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> the <don't>. innuendo. Um, <laughs> innuendo. Yeah. It's good to there be back. Go. You know what I mean? Good <laughs> to be back. Her endo. <laughs> We went to, in Parker, Colorado, Fanookies, or as it may be read, fun, you guys. I like Fanookies. I think we need to... I think it's actually fun, you guys, but it's one word, so I like to call it Fanookies, which is absolutely wrong, but I still call it that. Fanookies, nailed it. (laughs) Even though, if you really read it, it's fun, you guys. Uh, for me, man, I thought it was it was fun. Fanookies, a good date place. Yeah, I'd take a date there if it was first wasn't. date. Oh hell yeah! Like if she's gonna stick around for a second date, then she's worth putting through that. But the for me, the chips and salsa. So we started with some chips and salsa. The, their chips were pretty basic, but the salsa and the garlic in the salsa really livened it up, and I loved that. Uh, then I also progressed to a barbecue, spicy barbecue burger. Ah, oh, delicious! The uh, battered and fried jalapenos put up atop the burger. I ordered mine medium. Uh, delicious. And then I kind of finished up my meal. Uh, nice beer selection. Uh, I finished up my meal with one of their cheddar pretzels. So the pretzels with some queso, spicy queso. The queso was definitely spicy. The pretzel was good. Not the best I've had, uh, but it was very enjoyable. So for me, uh, the service, the young man who helped us uh, was all over it. He was covering... I. Like when I was looking, I think he was covering eight tables that I could see, let alone whatnot. Staffing still continues to be a problem within many areas, this one being one of them. He did a great job, um, didn't perfect everything, as Noah may speak to about his meal, uh, but my tots were delicious. My burger was great. The pretzel was fantastic. The chips and salsa were good. Uh, so for me, service, he was an eight. For me, the food, and this is only because we're comparing it to high-end places as well. We've had some great Thai, some great Indian, all sorts of amazing cuisine. Uh, the food was a seven. Um, the atmosphere. So here's where it gets strange for me because the atmosphere was only a seven, uh, even though it was fun. We went in the evening and again, good beer. They were getting ready to start karaoke night when we were leaving, which again, fun. 
gun, uh, but still only a seven for me. It was loud, which I don't mind, but that is not everyone's cup of tea. Um, overall review for me, it is a seven. It was fun, though. It's a place you can go. Uh, um, yeah, it's a place I could go and feel safe that I would get a good beer and a quick snack. I would agree the salsa was good, only if you like garlic, and I like garlic. Oh, nah. So the chips and salsas were good. I wish they would have had a little bit more chips to go with the salsa. Agreed. But uh, I do like the uh, how garlicky it was. So if you like garlic, definitely recommend their chips and salsa. Um, I did ask between two different meals because I had never been there before, so I didn't know which one to order. So there was a one that was kind of like a Mexi Mexican burger type of thing where you have like uh, I guess you there's like a tortilla with a burger in there and and refried beans smothered in green chili mm -hmm. which actually sounded pretty good. Um, so I asked the the waiter uh, between that one or the chicken bacon uh, lettuce wrap um, with ranch, and he suggested that one. So I went with it, and it was actually really good. Um, the one thing I would mention, as uh, Jesse had pointed out, I did order. Uh, sweet, sweet potato fries with my meal never came. <laughs> <laughs> so the sweet potato fries never came. But I you did get tater tots. I did get tater tots, which was not what I ordered. And um, I, I mean, I guess I would have been like happy if there were sweet potato tater tots. Dude, that would have kicked butt. That would have kicked butt. <laughs> but they weren't sweet potato tater tots. They're just regular tater tots. And so, um, but I didn't want to make a big fuss over it. And he did offer to exchange it out. And he said that he he had put in an order for more, but it still never came, never showed up, which is fine. And I didn't really ask for him to to do that. But what I will say though, in order to make it right, which I didn't even ask him to make it right, uh, he did give me a discount on my meal, so yeah, yeah. Uh, which was really which was really cool of him. Um, as far as it being a date place, um, I say it's more of a place where I would go hang out with friends, like you guys or just buddies and watch a game there or like an av avalanche game or something like that. Um, but as far as like a date, maybe it depends. Like if she's into like sports or just like neighborhood pubs types of things, then yeah, maybe I'd go there cause it'd make for a nice relaxed evening. Um, but as like a first date to make it like a, like a impression, like a really super <clears throat> impression, maybe not. Maybe you might go to one of the other places that we've been to before. What kind of impression are you trying to make? Yeah. So I think it depends on what kind of impression you're trying to make. If it's uh, if she's kind of like more down to earth type of uh, uh, person who likes sports and like you know neighborhood bars, I think it's a good place. Uh, I think if uh, she, she likes the wood, <laughs> if you're if you're dealing with someone who's more on the higher end scale, I probably would go to like a nicer restaurant to sit down and have for the first for the first date type of thing. So uh, fun you geese. Or fun, you guys. You would not be like for your classy, your classy first date no, not classy to impress a no. <laughs> impress a chick. Dude, that's totally where I'm finishing the night with a classy chick. Because I'm like, guess what? You're gonna I'm gonna outclass you amongst all these people. We're gonna get a beer, listen to some karaoke, and have uh, a, a good appetizer in a weird environment. <laughs> all right. So for me, um, it's more. It, it, I, I probably would not take a date there, but I would maybe go there like with a group of like kind of college guys, you know, when I was that age to try and pick up girls, right? Like there's yeah. pool tables and big bar going on. <laughs> I could watch sports. I could listen to music. If I had enough to drink, I could cruise up there and do some karaoke, um, dartboards, 
Do we see dartboards in there? I see dartboards there, but I would Pool I do tables. agree with you the whole college thing because it kind of reminds me of the old Lazy Dog in Boulder. Yeah, it's just kind of that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's more. It's you know. It's a it's a little bit not to, not to age ourselves or anything. You know, we're but, twenty yeah. years old every time. Yeah, so still it, it kind of gave it had that vibe. Twenty one. Twenty one. Yeah, I would certainly go yeah. just like hang with. With my buds, with a couple, you know, you, like like we did. Yeah. That was perfect. Um, food was spot on for me, man. Yeah. You get those uh, those buffalo chicken sliders. Were those good? So good. Oh, and, and, and it was a perfect, and it was, a, it, it was like, a, I mean, it's a heck of a deal. Like super affordable. It was like seven bucks, yeah. six ninety five. And I asked him, you know, about the fries and the, the tots and the, um, you know, the sweet potato fries and, I really like the the pub chips, and they're not on the menu. So I was like, man. And he goes, look, dude, they're not on the menu. This is this is our weight person. I thought he was awesome. I mean, uh, yeah, I think young young dude. I mean, I, I don't even know. Maybe early twenties. Maybe he was yeah, like our he age, was early twenties. Yeah, twenty yeah. one. He was just a kid, and he was just like on it, and he was like cool, and you know, he offered up, when you know, say try it, this, okay. try that. No, no, he was he was the, he was the man. Um, and the food was good and their pub chips are freaking good. So they're not on the menu, I guess for a reason, cause they're so dang good. Um, and, uh, with, with the service and I don't know if we've kind of spoken to this, we did a little bit with our shout outs. Uh, he deserved a shout out cause I thought, you know, with all this time right now with COVID and, and people are just kind of not uh, able to work for whatever reason, you know, or not wanting to work, who knows? This dude was there, like, just kicking butt. And like you guys said, he was I, I, behind me. I couldn't see what was going on, but he was just, I mean, he was just doing his job. He's just checking in. And uh, I, I really enjoyed the experience all, all in all. Um, the karaoke drove me right out of there, though. That was, <laughs> that's where I would need to have a lot more to drink and certainly move away from the karaoke thing because it was just the one dude. And I think he might be the guy who was like running karaoke. Ginger to stage one. Ginger to stage <laughs> yeah, yeah. He yeah, and it's right in the corner. It was uh, our table is right there. Right I'm not. The, yeah, there there's some. Yeah, I didn't. I, I I mean, I'm just not a karaoke dude. But I know some people that are into karaoke. But the dude that was doing karaoke should not have been into it because hey, he man, was that's really not what bad. It's about. We just weren't drunk. Here's the problem: is yeah. that we took the best seat, <laughs> and what you missed was the pair of twins behind you. Yeah, you guys, I kept, I, I remember there were a couple of times where I was telling a story and I, I just flat out stopped and I was like, Hello. You, guys, you guys are looking right past me. You were talking? Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. But then I did call you on it. You didn't see the two midgets fighting. I did not, but I called you on it, <laughs> and you guys actually to get out of there. You guys legitimately like knew what I was saying. So kudos to you guys. That's a shout out. <laughs> we for were listening we with were all that distraction. The twin midgets. Yeah, I mean that's like you guys. That's some major punches in your man card because you were able to listen <laughs> while, with all that visual distraction behind me. Hey, Dude. that chick's hair was like three hundred dollars. Apparently, four hundred, four hundred dollars. So we talk about class. <laughs> Maybe. I'm not wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how many? How many? How many colors did, she, did you say four she had? Colors. Four different right colors. So I think for for my sons, I'll be like, you know what? Color cuts for prom. <sighs> don't go. Don't go to like Morton Steakhouse or Elways or something. You know where you got to go? Fun, you guys. <laughs> And I guarantee they'll have a great time for prom because I am actually going to recommend it because the food was good. And I'm going to say, I mean, is it even, is it considered a family place? Oh, 
Why can't you just go eat there? Get them some fake IDs. You had one. <laughs> they could probably pass as me. <laughs> They'll be like, all three of you are named... PSA, don't drink and drive. Yeah. All three of you are named Brian. Yes, my dad was weird. Brian, Brian, Brian. My son, Brian. My other son, Brian. Brian Jr. Brian Jr. Jr. Brian Jr. 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 The third. The third. <laughs> so are they going to take like a limo and share it together or something? Sure. I don't know. That's uh You don't have to prom's on the down the line. Room. That's that's a way that. No, no, prom. Has prom already happened? No, homecoming bro, that happened. Was homecoming. Yeah, homecoming happened. Isn't like prom near for them? May. 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 But it's only, they're only juniors, yeah. year, right? Okay. Yeah, you can go as a junior. Yeah. But junior, senior prom. Year. You can come as a junior too. I don't know what our smarter challenge was. Uh, Jesse? Assess, review, watch, enjoy Interstellar, a 2014 science fiction movie starring Matthew McConaughey. You gotta be kidding me. I had no idea that's what it was, and yet I just watched it recently. All right. That's Once again, uh, say that one more time, Jesse. Who's in it? Interstellar starring Matthew McConaughey. 2014 right, right, science right. fiction movie directed, co-written, and produced by Christopher Nolan. And uh, his brother Jonathan Nolan as uh, the co-writer. Co-writer, yes. And Matthew McConaughey is kind of a little-known actor. You might know him from um, Days and Confused. I was going to Gold more. Rush. Uh, Gold Rush? Yeah, he was in that. Nobody saw that. Everyone saw that. <laughs> I didn't see it. I just know he's in it. Dude, yeah. he was in all the rom I'm teasing. Uh, it's just that... Uh, uh, what about his best ever performance on HBO? Oh, is that the true crime or oh, something? True. Yeah. Ah, true crime. I've never to me, seen that. that is what made him enjoyable to me. I don't know, man. True crime has some pretty weird stuff going on there, which... Uh, right, but he was a phenomenal actor. No, he was a great actor in there, and uh, there's like definitely some deep stuff going on in there. If you want to check that out, I can put a link uh, to like my own personal uh, podcast that I started and paused. Yeah, and uh, he is also a writer of Green Lights. Yeah, Look, so... Um, came out a year ago. So here, do you want to start or do you want me to start? Or do you want Brian to start? Where Brian, to start it up, man. I got to start again? I started no, with the scotch. No, no one wants to start. No one okay. started it up. All right. Uh, who started so, with the restaurant review? Yeah. Jesse did. You're up. Okay. Yeah, right, you're up, up. Man. So with Interstellar, one of the things I'll point out, something that you kind of pointed <laughs> out last week with uh, directors, right? So Christopher Nolan, he also directed Tenet. Uh, which is a phenomenal. Loved it. Right? Mm. Most and people then, didn't, but we did. He also uh, directed Dunkirk, Man of Steel, Inception. You're going backwards from most recent to least. Yes. Uh, he also did uh, Batman Begins. Uh, he also directed mm -hmm. uh, Insomnia. Yep. So, like some of the some of the movies that he directed, uh, I forgot one I didn't put in here, which is Memento. Uh, mm. he also, oh my gosh, Memento is so good. Yeah, we talked we talked about that on one of our earliest. I Earlier so. podcast, I brought that up. And we, I love that movie. Yeah, and then when you look at the two brothers, uh, the movies that they've co-written together have been Interstellar, uh, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, uh, The Prestige, which is another movie I forgot. Oh, to I've about. seen he that. Directed was The Prestige, dude. Such Great. a good uh, movie. And Memento. Such a good movie. And Memento. 
So you talk about like, like a lot of these movies, uh, maybe, maybe not dark Knight, dark Knight rises, but you could probably even throw those in there, but interstellar, the prestige memento tenant, uh, Dunkirk, uh, inception. A lot of these movies have some like deep meaning going on and, and like, uh, different ways to interpret a lot of what's going on in these movies. Real quick, so you mentioned Memento. I love that. You also mentioned the writing, his co-writer, his six-year younger brother, uh, born in 76. He was born in 70. Uh, with that, his brother, now do you need to catch the connection with Memento with his younger brother? Um, what connection were you looking the at? The connection is his younger brother wrote and produced Memento Mori, a short film about 20 minutes long that he ultimately rewrote with his brother to make the film, the feature film Memento. Uh, yeah, he also did another short with um, Inception. He did a, a short with Now, that. this is just directing, or is this written? No, so this Both. is well, writing and this directing. This is where it gets really interesting because um, I think he's a phenomenal producer. But he absolutely takes and builds upon other people's beginnings. So when looking at Inception itself, though, since this is our smarter topic, and I won't go too far off straight talking about some of the other movies, which I would love to because he has some great movies there. Phenomenal. Underneath his belt. But um, here the movie does start off with it being um, they're on planet Earth. Um, there's a, a new Dust Bowl going on, which if you really ask me, seems like they're kind of tossing out the whole – overpopulation which then leads to over farming uh which then leads to a brand new dust bowl and if you really start taking a look at it basically what they're saying in a, in a message without really directly saying is that humans are killing the earth and that we need to move to a new host like a virus so we've killed the earth as a virus then we now need to move to a new host and then here we can if you really want to start looking more into the whole overpopulation uh, conspiracy type theory and uh, and the whole like Green New Deal and all that kind of stuff. We can you can start diving into some of the writings from the Council of the Three Hundred, uh, the Think Tank, the Atlantic uh, Council on Foreign Refi uh, Foreign Relations, or and then um, Club of Rome, uh, some of those places. Uh, but with that though, it does cause. Uh, Basically, everyone has to become a farmer because they're, they've lost food. The whole world has no more food. There's they're blight. Only, yeah, there's a blight going on. Um, and so the only thing that they're really eating right now is corn. NASA has gone underground. Um, and I think uh, one of the really big uh, themes in this movie has to do with parent-child relationship. Um, there is the professor, the, the professor and his daughter, and then there is uh, uh, Matthew McConaughey's uh, character Coop or Cooper, and his daughter Merv. Um, and I think uh, depending did on, did you like, say sup Coop? What's up Coop? Yeah, okay. what's up? I was like, well, where did I hear uh, that? I think <laughs> you and I, Jesse, we had talked about this. How um, uh, Matthew McConaughey's character. He would do anything to basically save the world for his daughter, right? He's he's thinking beyond himself and to uh, to save the world to help basically uh, protect his daughter. McConaughey, yeah. he's trying to save his daughter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, whereas <clears throat> I think um, if you look at the same 
father-daughter relationship. I don't really think the professor was doing the same thing with his daughter. So I don't think necessarily the whole parental thing like uh, holds true 100% of the time that a parent will be totally unselfish uh, to do stuff to protect their child. Hold on a second. I, I disagree. I, yeah, like, hold on a second. I mean, if, if we're allowed to interject yeah, a little bit. Um, now, I think that his, uh, I think the uh, professor, uh, Michael, Michael, Michael Kane, you got it. I think that he, um, I think that he actually ultimately did protect his daughter because he sent her knowing that the earth was doomed and that in fact, I mean, I, I kind of spoiler alert, right? Obviously. Give her any yeah. chance. Yeah, he, he gave her a chance to go out there. and But I mean, no matter what, but they then, they were go no no they that that crew that was sent out there was going to survive because they no were going what. to no matter what they were going to they one of the these places chance. they not the, just so the best he, chance here's where I disagree with you okay on that. okay because right. uh, <clears throat> he lied about the formula in Plan A and when he did lie about that if he really did care and wanted to save the world he didn't no he didn't. Yeah, he couldn't it, save the world. It was already predestined that the yeah, earth but they would could, end. But here's the thing: is that he would not have lied to Matthew McConaughey to where he would sacrifice Matthew McConaughey's daughter. But Matthew yeah, but, McConaughey later explains that, and I think this is what you were going to talk about when he's like, every father needs to make their children feel safe, even if it's a lie. Oh, there's one of the best quotes ever yeah, I heard in this I, movie. I, do, I, I do come back to. I, like, but, I'm not saying that's incorrect mm, of him to say that, but I think what he did to Matthew McConaughey was wrong. No, we agree with that, but what he did for his daughter was in the same See, vein. I, I think here's what you're kind of partially missing is the conversation that Jesse and I had when we had watched the movie. He's like, a parent will do whatever to save. Yeah. He saved the world <clears throat> because of his daughter. And I don't think right. the professor in this case was oh, going to save the world. Because of his daughter. He was saving his daughter. He was saving his daughter, Correct. not the world. Okay, yeah. Or Matthew McConaughey <clears throat> was saving the world or his daughter. Not really the world, but humanity. Humanity. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, that, I think, I think there shows a lot of like, uh, one was being more selfish than the other. And I don't think unselfishness comes just strictly from being a parent and a child relationship. It does, I'm not saying it doesn't exist there. They both were saving their daughters though. So we're, I mean, we all agree they but were saving was, their daughters. just for more selfish than the other when it yeah. comes to the human race. Or, I mean, was it at that time? Because the only way to save his daughter was to save the human race. For Matthew McConaughey. McConaughey, yeah. Whereas the other guy, uh, but Michael the other King, guy held. But here's the thing: is the other guy he uh, held up the lie all the way up until his deathbed, and he knew the whole time that he was lying, not only to Matthew McConaughey, and not and and he knew that he lied to Matthew McConaughey, and he lied to his daughter the whole time, who was his. Uh, well, otherwise she would not have gone probably. Here's the struggle. Yeah. Here's the real world struggle. You're not wrong, but you're not right. And here's the bottom line. He didn't actually lie. He actually was trying to save the little piece of earth that was left. And that is where he needed data. He did not think would ever be attained. With that comes in Michael Caine's character, as you're saying lying, but I'm going to say mistruthing because he didn't know it was actually really what, what, possible. What is a mistruth if it's not a lie? I, so ultimately what he needed from... Matthew McConaughey's character, Coop, was to get gravity data from the black hole, which Coop actually got and then created the possibility for Coop's daughter to implant the use of gravity, more importantly, anti-gravity, by the way, um, to seclude a group of 
humans on a vessel to launch off of Earth, anti-gravity-wise, and live in the solar system in a transformable, if you will, but absolutely movable uh, satellite. Okay, so before we get too far down this road, I want to just throw in a couple other things real quick here on themes before before you guys run off with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The other uh, one is the will to survive. Oh, absolutely. I think that's another big theme that was put in here. They, I think they talked about organisms or whatever. They'll do whatever it takes to survive, and they'll fight to survive. I think which is really shown by Matthew Damon's character, Dr. Man. Dude, that guy was Matthew Damon played his best villain ever in this movie. I wanted but that guy to I think die also, and burn in hell. Here's, <laughs> I mean, I think if you want to take a, like another rabbit hole, deep dive type of thing, you can uh, look at Matthew McConaughey, his political stances, and how it relates to this movie too. But in, uh, then the other thing, the other main topic here is love, and how love can transcend. I guess. Uh, it's, this is what they're saying in the movie. I'm not saying that this holds true, but they're saying how love kind of transcends the uh, <clears throat> time space continuum time frame or whatever. Definitely has a positive impact. Yeah. Or a negative one. So, and I think when you look at it, there's really just, there's basically three main focuses that they use with love uh, Coop and Murph, the professor and his daughter, and uh, his, uh, I think it was, was her name, Doc, their name's Burns or something like that. Mm-hmm. Burn or something. Uh, her and uh, her lover. Anne Hathaway, yeah. Anne Hathaway and her lover, which is Edmonds. Yeah. I, at first I thought it was man. I had to like go rewatch it, but it wasn't man. It was Edmonds. And we don't actually ever see Edmonds in the movie. That's because he's dead on another yeah, planet. exactly. Was actually survivable, ironically. Yeah. <laughs> which which is why like the whole like will to survive, this is where Matthew McConaughey's <clears throat> like evil person comes in play. But anyways, I'll leave it at that. I'll let you guys, uh, you guys can... Brian, bro, to... you're up. Let's keep this going. This is exciting. Good job. No, yeah. I mean that. <clears throat> the love is actually imperative. So, you know, what's interesting is I often think about, um, you know, w- when you're doing something, you know, what what is your intent? You know, what is your intent? And was your intent good? And so it made me think with what, to, I'll, I'll, I'll take a little bit more of that too, is <laughs> Noah, Noah had drinker. mentioned, you know, uh, I mean, because really this Michael Caine um, has really been painted, I think, in this movie at, at one point of being just what it, uh, uh, the bad guy, right? Right. He made some kind of decisions that are kind of I never thought he was a bad guy. I just thought he was misdirected. Misdirected. So here's the deal is, is you know, his, his intent all along was to save his daughter, Right and was to save Matthew Matthew McConaughey's daughter, um, you know, and and the entire human race. Now, he did find out, and he did say he did say that I, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to. I'm going to. So in his, I mean, just like we all would, would wouldn't you say the same thing? Like, look, Ultimately, I have faith. He wasn't wrong. Yeah, well, that's what I'm getting to. Is he's like, I have. I'm going to get this done. You, in 28 years, yes, trust me. There's enough brain power. There's enough people. We will get this done. Okay, and then as time approached, and he kind of was uh, of the uh, that it couldn't be done. But initially, but he, right from the beginning, right from the beginning, though, here's the point: he knew about the answer long, long time ago. He knew what he needed, and he lied all up until that point. He needed data <clears throat> about gravity he didn't have yet from the black hole. Yeah, but he could have, yeah. if he was, if he was really truly being honest and wanting to do, to do option A, like he told Matthew McConaughey, he would have been truthful the whole freaking time. Oh no, no, no! There's well, no doubt. There's no doubt that that he. That's made why some... he's a scumbag in this for that particular reason. <laughs> Wait a minute, one second. I wanted to make a one second. Okay like a 30 second pause dude this is this scotch is so drinkable 
It is drinkable. Dude, it doesn't like make me want to okay. stop. Or, okay, back to right. it. So Come back. The, Go, Brian. The, the thing is, though, <laughs> his vision was correct. His vision was, you know, was correct. In, in the end, like, literally, if not for him, None of this would have would have would have come about. So okay. sometimes sometimes good things come from bad people. I'm not saying I'm never trying to say, and I think that's where like because we kind of talked about um, you know Michael Caine and, and you know what he did for his daughter, and then um, Matthew McConaughey and what he did for his, his daughter, daughter too. And and I think here, the thing is 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 I, I I agree with you, and I think the point you've kind of guided this towards is is he's a scumbag. Oh, That's kind of. I think so because yeah. Like, so knew, yeah, <clears throat> he knew the issue. He knew what the problem was. But is that what we're debating? Are we debating if the guy's a scumbag or not? Because well, the I, initial I, question was not if he's a scumbag. Your initial question was was he trying to save his daughter? You asked that question. You said was said, he trying to save his daughter? And was Matthew McConaughey trying to save their his I daughter? Actually, I don't think I actually said it, that they were trying to save their daughter. I think you asked, uh, you, you asked something about their daughter. Were they trying to I save their daughter? I said there was a parent. I said up to parenting connection, trying to save their daughters. Yeah. Yeah. They're saving their I'm kids. I'm saying like there's one, two different approaches where one, I think Coop was saving the world for his daughter. And yeah. I don't think the professor was doing that because he held the information back that he didn't even share with his daughter. And she didn't realize until yes. they were all screwed. Yes. So correct. So he's, so I, so I would, I guess, go back to and say a hundred percent. I agree with you that he was a scumbag. So there you. So if that was the initial debate, I missed it. So yes, the initial debate is he's a scumbag for that. However, had he not, you know, made the decisions he made, things would not have worked out the way they did. So sometimes, you know, hard decisions are made, and that, that we kind of need to come back to that because the Matthew McConaughey had to make a hard decision, and what's her name, Anne Hathaway had to make a hard decision, and they went to the best of us all dr man yeah that guy's a dick well and there he's you like go worse, he's worse than the professor. okay so you, you, here's here's a bit and so Richard, i want i do want to i do want to get into uh professor man uh, because really, how do you want to i want to i want to talk about that because well first of all it, like did they like decide that matt That's damon is like the king of playing like isolated yes, on dicks. planets Richard, i will yes. i'll give him i'll give him props for the Martian. Uh, he did Richard, good the, the martian and when he was good in this too i mean really because now because here's the thing like i watched this and it made me think about bravery right because they talk about this oh he's so brave you know he did this for his kids mm. and and you know when you talk about kind of bravery a lot of times bravery seems to be an element a, a, a time a moment of bravery where a lot of people can have bravery through adrenaline for a moment you know matthew matthew mcconaughey steered the jet you know steered the shuttle that's a moment of bravery okay but imagine yourself isolated on a planet knowing i mean just like go For go 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 lock your yourself life. in a room with nothing but white walls because that's all that was there in that place and kind of stare at it with no one to talk to and nothing to do yellow carpet very quickly and just knowing like yeah, i mean about to talk to you but that's that like <laughs> that would be the, destroyed the robot that is the ultimate test of courage is being able to do the right thing and he clearly could, could not, not ah, yes. right i mean yes. he clearly i think, I think we're not. all in agreement mm. he could not he yeah failed. but i mean it was olympi but think but but if you're but okay so put yourself in issues thinking like okay listen here's the deal is i know that mine isn't but he was was oh, he not was he not getting hard. was he not getting data from um 
Was he not able to get no, some of the data from the other people as well? Sending it from Earth still. No, he wasn't getting. No, 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 not no, no. Was he I able? Think, I don't think the other the planets, other other planets think, yeah. could communicate yeah, with one another they, at because all because they were all dead already. Uh, no, literally, it's literally because there was no data to transcend. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was kind of that. That for me, I was just like, I imagined myself sitting there thinking, like, okay, the thing is, if I can get them to me. I know, but he knew the other worlds were close enough to explore because he knew he would be able to get to those other worlds. He knew he was close enough. That if was this thing. So he was like, plane, so again, here's the deal. He here's never vehicle to get there yet. But but he's sitting there thinking, okay. Which reminds me, how did he fly and then they fly? They all got a trip, but the way that it was transcended, if you will, reverse, the ship that they all got there on was wrecked on the tsunami planet if you will after the others had already been dropped off it's actually ridiculous but it's real hmm. and she she screwed that up by yes, so, like why did they really need when she was running out in the water planet she wanted the data for but that. what did she need the data there there was not well like oh that because that was the big thing that michael kane needed the data but that data there was obviously of a planet that was not inhabitable. So get what the heck off. What they needed off. was data on gravity, and they ultimately got it for one reason, one reason only. Yeah, but he even knew that he needed the data from a black hole. And here's a here's also the messed up part though. Why is that got to be? Uh, is Doctor Man knew that it was only Plan B and not Plan A, and he knew that the professor lied. Now think about that. How did Doctor Man know that? He's saying that because he assumed it, but ultimately what we find out from Coop's daughter is that she succeeded and it wasn't just plan B. There was a plan A that actually succeeded, but nobody had enough faith. Uh, and I'm not trying to steal your thunder, mm -hmm. so I'm going to let you finish. <clears throat> oh, no, I think that was I, just... I, I that, think... Well, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, because, I mean, ultimately, you know, he, the, the dude, the Michael Caine, he had a vision. He was like, this is how, this is what has to happen. We, we can do this. Um, and he, you know, thought there was a way to do it and then found out he couldn't and then had to do a whole charade yeah. to say, we can get it a different way, but I can't be. So <clears throat> I think when you talk about the whole charade thing, I think sometimes, and this is probably where he wasn't a bad guy as much as I say that he was, sometimes you do have to uh, throw smoke and mirrors up to project hope and faith mm -hmm. so that way people will go along with the plan and think that there is hope because once all hope is lost, then civilization is lost. Well, they alluded to that. They they mentioned if if we said, and he I think yeah. he mentioned that if I said that you know we're sending people away to find another place, what would that do to the rest of the Earth and the funding for NASA? The, the political gone, yeah. amount would be like well, so he had to. So I mean, so now that you're starting to think about it, like I'm he still th I still think, think about he's the, a bad guy. Dude, the, it's the, a okay, good think movie. about the enormous. He was not a bad guy. He was just he an was. Ass. But think you know. But think about the okay. Put yourself in his shoes. Well, I, I understand. Like, put yourself in his shoes. Yeah. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna I'll do? I'll probably do the same exact thing. There you go. Even though I would still think. And I are you a, a terrible? Guy. Are you a terrible yeah, person? I am because I just. I no, just you had no. to make a terrible decision. Yeah, That's, I make a terrible decision. I agree with you, Brian. So decision. here, here's where I want to step. But I think in. him lying about it over all those you years with his staff. You have to do it. Okay, then how? Okay, how are you going to change it? You have to. How are you going to? Okay, so what if he? No one. If he doesn't lie and he tells it, a false future. Let's let Jesse throw in his two cents because we are definitely. All right, do it, Jesse. Dude, no one works towards a false future. This is not just about me throwing in 
my two cents. This is about you guys are both right. And I love the fact that this topic has brought this up. So one of the things that needs to be considered about Christopher Nolan, uh, especially when he's writing with his brother, is the fact that he used epistemological, epistemological and metaphysical themes in his movies. And you can see this in The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight Rises, <laughs> Batman, uh, Inception, any of these great movies that he's done. Uh, but what epistemology, epistemology is really the study, nature, and origin, scope of knowledge and justification, the rationality of belief. So when I think about this movie, here's where it really becomes big to me. And I love that you guys both joined in on this, had never seen it before, both watched it and got so, uh, I'm going to say emotional and, and emphatic about it is because that's how I was impacted. The first time I watched this movie a couple years ago, I was emotionally impacted, I would say, for probably 10 days uh, before I really got over it. Uh, part of that is because having a child, or especially in this case, having a daughter, as you say, get with Cain or McConaughey and their daughters, they're trying to save the human's future, really their daughter's future, Michael Cain, Matthew McConaughey, um, is just that. It's like, oh my goodness, I wanna save my child. I need to do this. So now here comes some different things with morality and rationality and what's right and wrong. What is your code? They both tell, I'm going to say white lies to their youngins, their, their children, because they want to believe. So they actually do have the faith. They actually do have the faith, like I do in the scotch, that this is great. Um, they have the faith that there is a chance. But mm -hmm. No one else would if you actually shared that with that. everyone else. Humanity would fold. Brian, your point exactly that is that if you don't give a few white lies, oh, yeah, we're going to stay here on Earth. Well, you already know that's not a choice, but there are two other choices. We're going to uh, <laughs> we're going to find this magical, magical mathematical equation that will help us eject this vessel from earth to save a portion of you very one in a million are going to escape earth versus there's another choice which is also true i don't think he was lying he i think he was being completely honest but the only other option if we don't find this mathematical equation to gravity is to send you to another universe via a wormhole that's over, out by saturn at this point and that's where matthew mcconaughey has to make the terrible it is a tragic it's terrible he hates it he does not want to do this but he has to lie to his daughter and say i'm going to save you and the lie isn't that he doesn't save her. It's that he actually doesn't have 100% faith, but he has 99% faith that he can save her. And the 1% is non-negotiable. Non like any chance to save his daughter, it could have been the opposite way, 1% to save her, which is really what it was, and take the risk and risk his own life to save her to her and humanity was worth dying right then and there. And then in the future, uh, ejects himself into space with a, a crew and ultimately in long haul, he does both. He saves and collectively groups enough data to solve situation a 
and eject, if you will, or uh, use anti-gravity science to create a vessel that removes itself from Earth to save humanity. But he also finds another planet to do it. And in the meantime, learns a lot about himself, learns about, about women, life, children, um, gets to see his daughter. So here's where another piece is, and this is, we're going to run way out of time. This is much like many of our episodes. It is too vast. But space and time, wormholes, time on other planets, one hour here or there is 10 years here um he comes back to earth and this is a spoiler sees his daughter as an old lady where he hasn't aged but a year uh and it was still worth it and at the end of the day um if you watch the movie this is all a spoiler alert from here on by the way if you're watching the movie (laughs) (laughs) if you're watching the movie he leaves earth and leaves his daughter very upset at him um with this symbol that says stay in gravitational poles the fifth dimension uh and his daughter's telling him to stay to stay to stay he was telling his, his daughter to tell him to stay with that but at the end of the day what you find out is that's because he at that point in the future hadn't realized that he solved both equations not one but both equations and at the end of the movie his daughter's like go don't stay go go find this young lady well hopefully still go find, go find the lady that you and went off Hathaway. to uh also to, to another world with and better yeah but, <laughs> yeah but nonetheless that happened nonetheless that's basically that's on part two interstellar two you guys are <laughs> repopulation don't, don't minimize they already had that. Mm. She, Anne Hathaway was already doing that. She already had all the embryos. But don't minimize the fact that his faith, Matthew McConaughey's faith alone saved humanity. And so with Christopher Nolan, one of the things, again, he's known about is epistemological and metaphysical beliefs and how he applies those to movies. How do you really look at faith and religion and any so, of these things and believe in them and to a he, point where you can move forward? And he does it yeah, here. Yeah, so my, 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 no my main issue here with uh, Michael Caine's character is I think he could have been honest with... You uh, can't. Yeah, I think he could have been honest with Matthew McConaughey's character. He didn't know that. Yeah, he did. He did not. Brian, did he know that? You can't take a risk. Matthew McConaughey was the one person who could possibly solve it. You can't take the risk if you could be honest with the they were one gonna do person. This, like that's like Matthew McConaughey told him, they were going to do this trip regardless with him or without him. Right. Matthew McConaughey was their only chance. He was the answer... And Michael Caine's character he did was become r- the answer, but which I don't know. know why he was so impressive with the, the, his ability. What made him so special as a pilot? Yeah, Matthew he, McConaughey. Yeah. He just like talked to the DM computer. Hey, we're gonna do this now. Who okay. well, I mean, yeah, I just like I, I don't That's know why. I, make 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 that calculation again. Yeah, it's still the same. Okay. You guys actually are. are disappointing me in the moment to understand that <laughs> he was an engineer he w- had a no he was yeah he no i get that i get that engineering and that was his problem with his kids only being farmers in their future no was. i hear that but like what i mean but they when they said specifically they talked about his piloting skills that made him so right special. he was an air force basically nasa but yeah. air force pilot yeah. before he was decommissioned because of his accident 
I got I got some serious stuff we got to talk about. I got some serious up, stuff, dude. man. This is some deep this stuff. Show's okay, about to go. NC-17. I got it. Whatever, whatever. No, not NC seventeen. It can just go it's on for hours because the movie was long. You know, it the movie was, was long, was so there's a lot yeah, to lot to analyze. What she said. Um, oh dang it! I was just gonna write it down, and now you guys screwed me up. That's what she said. Um, no, shoot! I almost got to rewind. Um, <laughs> Some of the, some of the, some of the okay, here's some here's some stuff. Number some one, stuff. this was interesting. I found uh, towards like they, they the whole they they were them. They were them. They are us. And I have always see that's for me. Like I have so much faith in in the human brain. Like what we're capable of, what I we have yet too. to tap. I mean, so I believe that. Yeah, that that was really cool. So that was a one awesome quote that was cool. Another awesome quote. Um, was this one. And you might dig this because of uh, like the, I already the, do. the parenting vibe. Once you're a parent, you're the ghost of your children's future. No, I actually fully agree. And this that isn't quote, a this that isn't quote a was no, like, yeah. no, no, but I mean, it's like, true. no, just like, like as you dissect it, like you, you can't say it's really to dig, even though, I mean, I have a child, I have a parent, so I can not yeah. know of his children. Yeah. But He's once been you're a parent women for years, you're the ghost of, <laughs> Of your children's future. Yeah, and since I have a parent, I can understand it from the other side. You can't until so you're as a, a parent. parent you, I'm now I'm the telling ghost. You, you can't until you're a parent. It was crazy. And then the last one: explorers versus caretakers, and that is a very that's a that's a personality trait, right? And I um I can be an explorer. That was the whole concept, you know, a lot of, you know, selfish Matthew McConaughey. Selfless is uh, the simplification of that. Selfish versus simple. Sure, selfless. sure. That, that's more on the, the symbolic realm. But like just when you're talking about just, you know, the actual, you know, in, in the movie, you know, they did talk about there being, you know, he, Matthew McConaughey was very big into the explorer. We must explore. And other people were talking about the, you know, we need to stay, you know, and in, 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 in caretake. And I found myself, I'm like, who am I? Everybody wants to be like, I'm the explorer, I'm the hero. But I really, I mean, you know, when we talk about- Most of us are caretakers. I like, I mean, I talk about, you know, my investment was my home. That I caretake. That's what I'm You're here a to do. You're you know, a it's kind of interesting. Um, and I had something so deep that I wanted to write down and I like, I cut it off in between and like, it was good. But that was it. Was it was a good movie? It, it was really, yeah, it was dude. It's a great movie. It wrecked me for days. Is the best way to put it. I was literally like, oh my god, if I had to make this choice, would and this may answer and reinvigorate your memory. If I had to make the choice, would I lie to my children and risk my life to save all of humanity and her or him, uh, the child, and or would I stay? And enjoy what little time I had left. How about now, this? How about this as, as a moral explorer, question? Or you're going to go drove. How about this as a moral question? You sending you being okay wanting to save your daughter, sending your daughter out to space, but then telling another guy, "Hey, I need you to go out to space and kill your daughter." Here's the thing. Could you do that? Who sent their somebody out to space to kill their daughter? Okay, so the professor sent his daughter out into space to save her. All right. But at the same time, he knew that he was killing Murph. He knew Does that Murph it, wasn't going to make it. Yeah. The professor. The professor. 
Right, but that's not the same, dude. That's not literally the same. It, it, it is immoralistic. Still saved humanity. Literally, yeah, it answers the wait, question about. No, he we know is, what happens in the movie, but did, did did that professor know that he would definitely save humanity? That's why you have to understand what the well, he would save humanity, the future of humanity, but the not answer. the past of humanity. Yeah, they were they, done. He's like this. He, he, yeah. he like as far as he knew, Murph was going to die. The professor. Yeah, Christopher Nolan wrote this knowing exactly that. That's the point. I'm asking you. I'm asking you on a moral sense. You're talking could about you, a person you, in the film, you, not the the yeah, film's I'm asking, purpose. I'm asking you yeah, as yeah. a person. Knowing that you have a child, if you had the opportunity to send your daughter out to space to save her, but then ask some other guy to kill their child so that way they could go help ensure Who the survival. was killing their child to ensure survival? Okay, so if we're going to put this into like perspective now, if we're taking okay. it real, so like this would be Jesse sending one of his kids to space knowing that you know she's going to go save Here's the humanity point. and he well, hold was on hold on right and then Faith. and then you looking at me and saying Brian listen I know your skills you're a math guy you know binary coding you you can do this you can fly a plane dude you can go and you can save your kids you can save but you your don't sons. tell them the full story. So you're that. telling me, you're telling me, Brian, you can save your son. That's kind of what you're getting at, right? Yeah. So he's wondering if you could, if you could do that to to me. Could you do that to me? Could you lie to me? Here's the point. You're that's the question you're asking. A right? yeah, it's a more it's a moral question. Yeah. You're giving the proposition that he sent his daughter off to die, but she lives. I know. I didn't say no, no. He, he sent his daughter. The professor sent his daughter off to, to live. live, right? But he's sending sent Matthew McConaughey. Off into space with his daughter, with a false hope. With a false hope, saying that because Murph is going to die. That's where you're wrong. It's not a false hope. He has enough faith that there is point zero 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 infinity one. And yet, on his deathbed, on his deathbed, he says, says, "I lied to you. I didn't. I didn't have. I mean, I didn't think I could do it. I I, I knew. I knew that we were screwed." But here, here's where you have to understand but Christopher he knew, Nolan. He knew, though. He knew. Like, I, I don't what? care about Christopher Nolan. Are you asking, asking or are you answering? A, no, I'm asking you a moral question. I was Could trying to answer. Say, no, you were. You kept on talking about about Christopher Nolan. I'm asking you. Can you send another? Can you send another person out in yes. space to kill? Have them kill their yes. child, knowing that their child might not live. Yes. Okay. That's because it. why? In the movie, it worked. <laughs> so what if it you, doesn't help? What if it if doesn't you work? You were the help? opposite. You failed time and time and time again. I'm just me saying, being yes, yes, yes. One, one victor. No, not necessarily. He Save doesn't know. humanity on he two fronts. He does it's not. It's not know. about knowing. It's about faith. Okay, you're the ruler. Here's one. what I. Here's what I will say. Here's what I. I think that this for me. This and, and this is where this is kind of the episode of Scotch Hour is going is, and I, I, I can underline, I wrote it down as you guys are talking, this movie is full of moral questions. It is. I mean, we can look at it from so many angles. I mean, yeah. Th- Christopher this, Nolan, Batman, Batman Begins, Batman. The moral questions, like who are you going to save, right? Memento. Yeah, yeah. Insomnia. Yeah. Yeah, the dude, that, that's kind of what... Does. So if you don't inspect what Christopher Nolan does, you can't understand and appreciate the movie. He is I emphasizing... I didn't say I didn't understand or didn't respect what he's doing. I'm asking, could you as a He person, was just asking you a, a moral question. Yeah, like, could you do that? Yes. And if you say yes, then that's fine. I'm not saying you're right or wrong in doing it. I'm just saying that you just... One, that guy, that professor, is saying, hey, I'm going to send my daughter off, and I'm going to send you off with my daughter, knowing that there's a high probability that your daughter's going to die. 
But that is a, uh, I mean, that is an interesting moral question. Like, could you, and for me, 99% of the population died. I could do it. I could do it too. I, I would say, I mean, I would have to, this is this, I mean, any chance is a chance. Oh no, God, that would be, God, to really think about it. You would have to lie to everyone. I would have to lie to everyone I loved. Aaron, yeah. your kids. Your kids yeah. Yeah, you're going to have to lie to everybody. Matthew McConaughey I'm not, saying, you, I'm not saying that a person couldn't do it. I'm just saying, like, you have to... And I'm not really, like... And honestly, <laughs> I'm not even saying, like, you really, really just, you should answer the question on air, even though I pushed you I already answered, yes, I would lie to but everyone it is, it is if a question, there was any chance. It is a question that everyone should ask themselves. Could you, like, just knowingly send other people into space knowing that you can save humanity whether it be plan a or plan b but most likely plan b because you don't think plan a is going to work in the first any place. chance when you get to a point where there is no chance except for two possibilities any chance is a chance and yes you do it you this is exactly brian's saying yes i'm saying yes you're saying no, no i didn't say it's you know but you're questioning it but brian and i are both like hell yeah we'll send our anyone to space because we have children this is a truth I'm just saying, like, no 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 i think it's all saying like the same thing is that like when it comes down to it you know it was there he's like this is this is our only option and it's 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 probably gonna fail it's, a crappy, it's, not, option, it's a crappy option but, but it's the, the option. only option so yeah, what it, noah has always brought up i believe is that noah has always said yeah and that was that was the the only option that was that was just all he had to do, so that well, was the decision honest, he had to make. And if that honesty gets out, which that's the point. If the honesty gets out, then it's everyone else brings up the yes. world ends. I think he could have been honest and said, he said can't. This. No, no, I you can't. You. This is what How you can don't understand. You? Here, People here's can't handle the truth. Well, yeah, you I do know that. Yes, I do know that. That's <laughs> great. Okay, so so I okay so now Noah. So so now I break it. I get to be honest with my family. So I tell them. And they're going to be like, oh my God, I got to tell my girlfriend. My kids, my kids got to tell their I girlfriends. I got to tell my mom. I got to tell. How the world knows? All right. Yes. He, here's what I'm saying is that he could have been, at least at the very least. You can't. You so literally can't. Are you going to let me finish? Yeah. And he knows at a certain point, he's not, his son's not talking to him. He knows Murph is not talking to him anymore. There could have been a point when he's already up in space where he says, hey, you know what? And what are they going like to do? You. And then what? He could have been an office. He could have no, been no, at that no. Point. And and then what? Then what I'm happened? Just saying he could have been honest at that point. Okay, so well, he eventually was honest when he was dying. But it, yeah. it, what is supposed to happen though? Same thing. Like same thing is going to happen. Maybe oh, something happens. You know what? You, okay, okay. Uh, actually, I, I want to stay with this for a second. Please let me stay with this. So okay, I'm so, following this. Hold on, I'm following this. And if we follow this. And we, we go through, if he had just been honest with Murph earlier. I'm not even saying be honest with Murph. No, no, but don't just listen, listen, kid. listen. Because eventually, who is he honest with? Murph. Murph. And he, she was like, well, then I really got to get the answer. Exactly. So if he had been honest with Murph, like, I don't know, 15 years earlier, they could have figured it out 15 years earlier. Not true. They no? didn't have the data and she would have hated him. Wait, how so, did she well, get the data? But here's the other thing. You have to have faith. Wait. Oh yeah, she couldn't have got the data because the only way she got the data is because he Matthew McConaughey was sent away. But when did they figure out that they needed to go find the information for the you black don't, hole after they find out that they're all here's screwed? Here's what you're missing, Noah, is that... Oh yeah, because they, they decide that's how they're going to use it. When he's with Dr. Mann. Yeah. That's when he says like, oh, we have to get the data from the black hole. 
Well, if he would have known that from the get-go, they could have just gone to, gone gone to a black hole and just been sent the data back. Anyways, you're saying? Yeah, Faith. Yeah, it's one of those. It's yeah, one of those. What though? But it's one of those. Yeah. My point. You don't. It's have like faith the butterfly if effect. If this hadn't you happened, you know, this you is kind of the. This is the scramble brain thing. If you have to ask, what do I have faith in? Faith in that, what? There's, there, there's. Do you have faith? I have faith survival. in survival. I have faith in the human brain. I do think humans are. Yes, it's inside of rings I own, and I have faith. And I think the difference between most and some is that most say they have faith, and some actually have faith. And if you have faith, you have to trust that you understand. I don't think you can just say you could just make a blanket statement. Yeah, faith. Do you have faith? Do you have faith? What? Do I have faith in is this? Scotch? Your comment about letting me continue. Let me oh, finish. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, if you have faith or not is answered in this movie, and that is Christopher Nolan's answer with his brother Jonathan Nolan, also known as Joan no- Jonah Nolan. Uh, Christopher Nolan again, nineteen seventy. Jonathan Nolan, nineteen seventy six. Jonathan Nolan's younger brother writes great. Uh, he writes with his brother, and it the premise is: Do you have faith? Can you answer this? And most people are like, "Oh yeah, I have faith." Bullshit. Bullshit. Most people do not have faith because at the end of the day, what you can't say and be honest with yourself with is if I had the answer as to when the world was going to end and it was maybe three days from now, would I share that with the ones I love? No is the answer because you don't want them to be miserable for three days. If you have faith that they, they that if you have faith that's not that faith. they would, that they would, that's, that they would not fall apart on you. That's faith is not trying to change their destiny, knowing the answer. Uh, so if someone told you the answer and you're we Christ to get died, to, everyone dies. You don't tell them the answer about when death happens. You just have faith that it'll that be means okay. you, then you're saying you don't have faith in them and be nope, able to. You to got it wrong. Their, you got it wrong. That's a new episode we can check out. Is because there's a movie called Countdown. I think where you can know your three, two, one. Countdown is the answer. Right. <laughs> I was gonna say yeah. Three, two, one. You countdown. We're, we're out. We're, we're at like two hours. Don't drink and drive. Life is great. Oh, you Cheers. guys, this is a great episode. Thank you guys Cheers, so uh, much. Okay, uh, no, next, week's, no, next week's your, uh, yeah, no. Next week's um challenge, challenge is going to be uh, urban myths, mainly uh, black eyed kids. Uh, what was the one that you picked? Paul Bunyan. No. <laughs> oh my God. Urban, it's like urban legends, dude. I don't. You, you know. chose one. You chose one. Like when we were talking the other day. I literally was just like Jason. No, it wasn't Jason. <laughs> I literally struggled because right. I'm like Are these urban. So, anyways, it will be uh, at least black eyed kids. We'll talk about. And then what we'll, does black eyed kids mean? B e k. You can just <laughs> look it up. That's what I asked. And then another one will be, like a, uh, uh, will be the Skinwalker Ranch, at least. Yes, yeah, Skinwalker Ranch and Black-Eyed Kids. All right. And, and uh, once again, we're on uh, YouTube, Rumble, Spotify, uh, God, all the other ones. So all right. Bright. Thank yeah, you. Cheers. You guys, cheers. <laughs> cheers, everybody. Again, a, a, another cheers. We hope you enjoyed this evening's episode of Scotch Hour. If you did, please like, share, and subscribe. Also, if you have not done so already, please become a patron member with memberships starting as low as $1 a month. Thank you, and hopefully you have a wonderful evening.